0: Hello and welcome to episode 17 of the Liverpool Comedy Improvcast with me, Ian Luke Jones. This is where we get to know the people who make up the LCI community and today's guest is the very punny, Joanna Case. This podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher and wherever else you get your podcasts. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a five star review and subscribe to the show to give us a boost and help get our name out there. Now, I do apologize in advance for some of the glitches in the interview this week. Uh, Sometimes Zoom, the internet can't be as reliable as we would all like. And uh, when I was listening back to this, I did notice that it was a little bit glitchy, but it doesn't detract from the fantastic interview. So please enjoy the interview and hopefully the little glitches uh, don't uh, spoil it too much for you. And now it's time to go off script and find out Joanna's true story about making stuff up. And Please welcome to the podcast. It's this week's guest, Joanna. Welcome, Joanna. Good evening. Uh, well, thank you very much for joining me.
1: You're welcome. Good to see you again.
0: I'm excited to have you on the podcast, someone who I spent a lot of time improvising with during lockdown.
1: Yes, we had lots of battles over who could think up the most puns, if I remember
0: (laughs) correctly. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Lots of pun-offs indeed. Uh, So I want to find out, first of all, about your improv journey. So I'm just going to start by asking, how did you get involved in improv comedy?
1: Um. Well, my journey is actually a very short one. I only really started doing improv about three years ago. Um, I'd always loved watching Whose Line Is It Anyway? Which, of course, goes back uh, way back when. And um, I saw an advert for an improv session in Chester on a Saturday and uh, signed up with that. And then did a longer course on the Wirral and then was about to do uh, a regular course in Chester, and then lockdown happened, yeah. and it all went online. So in actual fact, I think I've probably done more improv with it being online during lockdown than I would have done had, had it not happened. Yeah. Um, it's much easier to just sit down at 7 o'clock or whatever time and, and, and log on, and, and there you are. Um, but I'm now doing improv regularly, at least once a week, if not twice. Um, and that's all developed really over the last two or three years
0: and that first improv session you went to, who was mm-hmm. running that session?
1: That was Emma, Bird from Emma. yeah yeah, uh,
0: so that was that the was that the regular Chester session that she had running?
1: I think she was doing one Saturday afternoon a month um in a room above a pub. I think it was the last Saturday of the month or something, and I just okay. picked up one.
0: And when we moved online, mm-hmm. how did you feel about that at the start?
1: Um, my initial reaction was how on earth you do improv <laughs> online. Um, so I was uh, sceptical but enthusiastic because I, you know, I'd, I'd been looking forward to, um, to doing some more improv and was obviously disappointed when, uh, when we couldn't go ahead. But I was quite surprised to see that in actual fact, um, it works differently, but it works. It does work.
0: So did you find that you had to change your style at all to suit online?
1: Uh, I'm flattered because I'm not actually sure I had an improv style at the time. But um, (laughs) uh, no, I think it made me realize just how much body language is important. Yeah. Just from the way that someone's standing, you can tell if they're at ease or, or they're nervous or they've got something to say or they're thinking hard. When you can only see someone from the neck up, there's a lot <laughs> less to work on. So you really have to, facial expressions become very, very, very important. Um, and what else struck me? Yeah. Um, it's amazing what you can do with zoom, you know breakout rooms and gallery view and and as long as everyone you know throws themselves into it and is willing to make the effort and you yeah. can deal with the lag and you can deal with the techie issues and uh, you can deal with logging on and logging off and what have you um it it works it does work
0: and have have you had your eyes open to more types of improv because of it all going online? So you said before that you loved whose Line, which is short form. Mm -hmm. Were you aware of long form and other types before online or has that opened your eyes to it?
1: No, I wasn't aware of other forms before I went online. And um, it was only through doing so much short form online that I heard about the long form course and uh, signed up for that too, in fact, and um, learned more about that, which was completely new Mm -hmm. to me. Yeah. Completely
0: new to me. And what are your thoughts about long form improv compared to short form? Um,
1: it's more serious. It's less wacky. Um, short form, basically, anything goes. The first yeah. thing that comes into head You have to work with, and other people have to work with as well. Long form is much more. Um, it's much more like acting. Um, And I would say I found it harder.
0: Okay. Definitely. And as time has has gone by and you've done more of it, do you feel more comfortable with it now?
1: Yes, because what we were forced to do on the two courses that I did was to um, abandon your default uh, personality or character, if you will, and venture into the unknown or the more uncomfortable. And uh, that was hard. That was hard. And it made me realise that I did have a default character, right. a default approach. And um, one tip we were given was was think about somebody that you know who is very different to you and, and try and be like them. Um, and it's hard. It's exhausting. <laughs> you can try to be <laughs> person that you're not, you know, you just not yeah.
0: And do you have a performance background at all before your time in improv?
1: No, not no, not not in terms of, of acting or um, anything similar to that. No, music. Yes, I was in concerts and orchestras and bands and choirs and and you name it at school. Right. But apart from that, no. I had one part in a play when I was a student at university, and it was a play by Joe Orton called Loot. And it's all about what they do with um, the body of their mother who's just died. Oh. And they wanted a body. They didn't want to act with a, yeah. a fat potato. They wanted a body. So for some strange reason, I signed up. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the only part I've ever played. I wore a WI uniform all week and didn't have any lines to learn, obviously. Um, that was it.
0: Oh, well, it's a good way to build up a body of work in the acting world. <laughs>
1: Okay, one <laughs> Uh
0: So what do you think it was that made you feel, yeah, I'm going to give that improv a go since you don't really have a, a big background in performing?
1: I think um, I'd always felt 100% tuned in to whatever they were doing on Whose Line Is It Anyway. Right. Um I can watch those sketches and programs over and over again and it's very clever and they are all very, very talented, the, the, the guys who do who do that series, um, but in it I sort of saw a bit of a simplicity, I thought, God, there's actually, there doesn't seem to be much to it, perhaps it's deceptively difficult, I don't know, but I thought I can give it a go. Um, and I think I've got a fairly wacky sense of humour. And my mother and I used to have the most the weirdest of conversations that nobody else was <laughs> able to follow. But we just kept going with deadpan faces. Um, and it was the wackiness. I just thought, yeah, come on, anyone can be a bit wacky. That's the short form, obviously. But I can be wacky.
0: <laughs> and I've learned a lot about improv over the last year and a bit. Mm. And one of the things I learned, I actually learned in a scene with you. It was a scene with you and with Bridget Hemingway. And oh, yeah. it, it was a scene where I ended up saying nothing in the scene. I don't know if it's bringing any bells. It was something to do with. So I was the partner of someone in the scene and it basically became a scene where you and Bridget were talking about my character and every time I perhaps went to speak, you just cut me off. And I just didn't say anything for the whole scene. And it was hilarious. Yes,
1: it's ringing faint bells, Yeah, (laughs) Yeah.
0: And that taught me that, because I'm someone that feels the need to talk a lot in scenes because that's sort of my natural way. And I Mm. learned from that scene that actually... Sometimes doing and saying well saying nothing, but doing lots mm. it is a really good way to go with the scene if it goes that way oh yeah,
1: oh, yeah. if the silence works, then be silent um, because there's a there's a reason why you're silent, not because you've forgotten your lines, that's for sure and <laughs> um, um, yeah it, it can work
0: uh speaking of forgetting lines, if you have. Mm-hmm moments when you're in scenes and for whatever reason you just have a complete brain fog moment do you have any coping mechanisms for how to deal with situations where you just go completely blank
1: um well the obvious thing is to say I suppose yeah so like well let me think is the obvious thing to say because that's what you're having to say. um Somebody taught me to say, I need to get a hammer, which means that you can oh, yeah. actually read the scene as well. <laughs> um, uh, oh, there's, yes, the other thing is the trick, perhaps I've plagiarised it from um, uh, 2012, and what's the other ones? it W, what's the one with the BBC? Um, W4? Um, can't remember. Anyway, um, the chap's being interviewed, and he says, yes, that's a very good question. I'm glad you've asked it. Which is a completely useless thing to say, but it fills two or three seconds while your mind is, is is working away trying to work out what to say next. But that's the beauty of, of improv. You don't have to say something brilliant. Yeah. You know, you you're not interviewed on on the BBC News. It's not, you know, um it's not desperately serious. So you, you can you can throw anything in and sometimes curve balls end up being what makes the scene or what pushes it in a certain, you know, successful direction.
0: And do you have games that you consider your favourite games to play?
1: Oh, yes. Yes. I love the uh, Two-Headed Expert. Okay. Have you played the Two-Headed Expert? Yeah, yeah,
0: I've played that Uh, game.
1: Yeah. Uh, Which is great because you can only say one word, obviously, and uh, you're very dependent on what... That your partner says in terms of where the sentiment is going um I love that I love um I'm not sure what its proper name is but it's uh, like a press conference oh, um yeah. you're you're presenting a product and it turns out that the press have all got completely the wrong idea of what it is and they're throwing yeah. stupid questions at you and you've got to deal with them um the other one I like is very similar where you are presenting a product but you don't actually know what it is and uh, yeah. uh, you have to guess from the questions that are being thrown at you what it is. The last one yeah. I'm uh, presenting with a voice activated tin opener, I think. Um, <laughs> those are my favourites. Yeah, which interestingly are ones that involve quite a few people.
0: Yeah. Oh, well, that's good. And do you have any games that you really don't enjoy? <laughs>
1: um, uh, so- yeah, there's a couple of warm ups that I've sometimes had to do, and my heart sinks. And I think, oh god, no, not this. Um, one is where uh, we throw um, what do you call it, a plunger at each other. Oh, yeah, it makes a noise, and you have to pull it off and throw it back. When I get going, I quite enjoy it, but uh, it's not my favorite. Um, what else do I not like? It's not an awful lot that I don't like. Uh, no, that's about it. Um, sometimes if you do the word association games and you're online and you've got a lot of people. Oh, yeah. So somebody says soldier, someone says gun. I said gun because you said soldier. I said if you've got 15 people, there can be a lot of, <laughs> you know, quiddling your thumbs while you're waiting to get round to your turn. Yeah. Um, no, I pretty much enjoy anything that, that gets thrown at me.
0: And you mentioned earlier... Music used to be involved in music. Is music still something that you do in your spare time?
1: Um, uh, let's be positive. Yeah, I was um, <laughs> I was a, a flautist, okay. and I'd I played a lot at school, and then I stopped when I went to college, and then I picked it up again about three or four years ago when I met um somebody who also wanted to pick up flute again. And interestingly, just as I had got into improv at the beginning of twenty nine, I lose track now. Twenty twenty, um, I broke my jaw, and oh. so my flute playing stopped for quite some time. And um, you know, I haven't played since and that was a year ago. And I think it's because I don't get my flute out in case I can't play as well, which is right. off because can play as well then I may as well get on and practice and improve but I just I can't push myself okay. to get the flute out again yet I will um but music yes I always have music on in the car and it's always um sort of quite fast um dance music the ministry of sound yeah okay. stuff that makes you go <laughs> <laughs> Um, and it also makes you drive fast. That's dangerous. <laughs> you know, not let yourself get uh, get carried away. Um, and then sometimes I'll get a sudden rush of wanting classical music, and I'll put Classic FM or Radio Three on.
0: Ah, lovely! Yeah. Nice contrast.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So, when you're not improvising or playing the flute, what else do you enjoy mm-hmm. doing in your spare time?
1: Um, I have a dog who takes up a lot of my time. He's a very energetic Springer Spaniel. And we walk at least three or four miles a day. Sometimes I run it. Um, Sometimes we go out twice a day if I've got the time. And I am, I will admit it, I'm obsessed with parkrun, which sadly has been suspended during the pandemic. But I am desperate to get back to parkrun. And uh, what else? Those are my two main... Hobbies, I'm very proud to say that in the last week I've acquired a new hobby, which is baking, and I never, ever thought I would see the day that I said I like baking, but I've made cakes today, and I made cakes last week as well, and I don't quite know what's good into me, but I enjoy
0: it. Lovely. What kind of cakes?
1: Coffee and walnut. Great. Um... I can only offer you one so far. (laughs) (laughs) is pretty limited, but um, hopefully it will expand.
0: So what suddenly made you think, oh, I'm just going to try baking?
1: No, I have no idea. I think it was an improv moment. I was walking along with the dog through the field, and I suddenly thought, I'm going to make a cake. I have no idea. I didn't even have a whisk. I had to borrow a whisk. I had to buy a mixing <laughs> bowl. I had to find a recipe. <laughs> I didn't clue what I was doing. Um, the kitchen's in counselling. The oven didn't know what had hit it, because it wasn't a pizza that I put in it. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. I really don't know what got into me. I really don't know. But it's worked out well.
0: So over the last year has the the pandemic has it had a major impact on your life and your work have you been working from home or have you been continuing to work
1: um in terms of day-to-day logistics moving around and working it made absolutely no difference to me whatsoever right. because I work from home i already worked from home i've been working right. from home for years um i'm self employed the dog um i'm self employed and so there was no difference at all. Um, I had a problem with workflow because all of my all of my work comes from Italy. Right. And so they shut down, they went into lockdown before us. Um, and for a good few months I had a very, very, very um limited amount of work. Um, so in terms of doing the work, doing my job, no different. It's just there wasn't an awful lot of work to do. Um, the huge difference for me was the fact that I couldn't go out in the evenings and at the weekends to do what I normally do in order to meet people and mix with people and communicate. Um, I was doing a rush course that got suspended. I um, obviously, as I said, I do park runs that got suspended. Um, I love going to the cinema, that doesn't happen at the moment. Um, so it was evenings, really, non-work entertainment, which really um, really made a difference to me. Um, but, you know, I get out with a dog anyway, so yeah. I'm not, uh you've got a dog, you've got to go out. <laughs> and you've got to meet people.
0: <laughs> yeah. You'll we'll,
1: yeah. we'll always find somebody who's walking a dog if you're walking a dog yourself.
0: And have you found things other than improv to f- fill your life with uh, in the last year?
1: Oh, Lord. Um, yeah, well, I sort of jumped from... i was a jack of all trades, the master of none. I decided that I was going to try and improve my Russian, so I spent some time on that. And then I decided I was going to learn Icelandic again because I tried once and didn't get very far. So I've been doing right. that as well. Um, and... I decided to spend some of my time finding out more about a couple of artists who interest me, but I've never really known much about them. So right. I made it my job each each week to at least do a little bit of reading about these two particular artists.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, a bit of reading, um, which I'm sure everybody says, it's more reading in lockdown. Um, and I think that's... Horribly, it. I can't claim to have built anything, or created anything, or invented anything. Um, <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't say I've been bored. I'm never bored.
0: Oh, well, that's good. Uh, I just want to go back to whose land. So you mentioned Who's land before being a big inspiration. Something that you like? Is there mm-hmm. a performer in particular on the show mm-hmm. that you would say, yeah, that that's my favorite of of the bunch?
1: Oh. um, Colin Mockery or Ryan Styles. It's usually yeah. that though that I really enjoy watching, um, and it's the dynamic between them. They obviously know each other very, very, very well. Yeah, um, and I love watching those two. Yeah.
0: Uh, do you favour the old British version of the show, or do you like the American version, or you're not fussed? You'll you'll enjoy either version.
1: I'm not fussed. Um, Oh gosh now I'm going to sound forgetful but was it Clive And was it Clive Anderson who was
0: Clive Anderson uh, did the the British TV show yeah uh,
1: well, I like Clive Anderson um the American one I'm not so keen on I don't know why I'm mean, not watch it I mean
0: yeah.
1: the British version I think
0: Have you seen some of the the newer American ones because there was the period in the sort of the, the early to mid 2000s with Drew Carey and then within the last sort of seven years, I think, maybe a bit longer, it, it came back and it's got a host called Aisha Tyler.
1: Yes. I've seen yes, I've seen some of the programs with her. Yeah. yeah. Um, Drew Carey I liked. Drew Carey I liked. Um, but there's something I don't know, it's just am I surprised that it works in America? I don't know, because there's something very quirky about the British sense of humour. Yeah. Um, but I, and I lived abroad for a long time, and that's one of the things that I really missed, the, the sort of quirkiness, sarcastic element of British humour. There's nothing like it, really. And as soon as I got back, I thought, yeah, really missed that.
0: I remember listening to an interview with Henry Winkler once. Henry Winkler was the Fonz in Happy Days. Mm-hmm. And he was sort of expressing his joy for pantomime, because they don't have it in America, and he was doing his first pantomime a few years ago and he was just amazed that this this thing is it's just a British thing and it works in Britain. And he was like, You're saying Americans wouldn't get this, but for some reason in Britain it's just like it's like genius level.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, I mean this the senses of humor, how how they differ from country to country, um, wasn't something really that I was originally aware of, but I remember being in Canada. Um, and I was with two other people in a, an outdoor restaurant and we were at a table for four and I put my handbag on the fourth seat, just, it was there. And a girl came her, I went to try the accident, but she said, excuse me, could I, could I take this chair please? And I said, oh, I'm sorry, my handbag's had a really tiring day. Sit down. <laughs> she just looked at me as though I was mad, you know, and I yeah. think, that would have gone
0: down okay in Britain, but no it's <laughs> plates in Caliber. One thing I've noticed about online, because the the improv community online is, is just it's taken off massively. Mm-hmm. And there's so many different groups and forums and pages you can you can chat with people from all over the world. One thing I've noticed is written jokes don't necessarily translate so well because often a joke is in the way you tell it and there's lots of people that have I've seen taking things that have been written really literally.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, and there's a lot in the intonation as well and the delivery. Um, no written jokes, no. Yeah. Not
0: all good. Uh, so, other than who signs it anyway, do you have any other comedy influences?
1: Influences? Um, if you'd asked me that an hour earlier, I could probably have prepared something and thought about it. But... <laughs>
0: Or just so, any comedians that, you know, yeah, I like that comedian. They're going to make me laugh.
1: Um, yeah, well, somebody I do watch a lot is Michael McIntyre. Okay. Um, he makes humour out of, almost out of nothing. You know, he uses basic everyday material that's around us, you know, how you drive, yeah. how you um, what was the One thing I was watching last night it was something about men wanting a drawer in a house that's theirs and the stuff that they keep in it. I mean, it was hilarious. And, oh, he did another one about accents and, and the Yorkshire accent. I mean, it was, I think if, if somebody makes you laugh when you're on your own and I was watching yeah. it on my own, <laughs> a really good job. Um, he, Yeah, he's hilarious. I'm sure in a couple of hours' time I'll think of some other names, but that's the one that immediately comes to mind. Oh, Rowan Atkinson,
0: yeah,
1: <laughs> Rowan Atkinson. Rowan Atkinson—that scene that he does when he's the devil. Have you seen it?
0: Yes, I've seen it. Yeah.
1: Oh, hilarious. When he says, uh, "You know, uh, thieves, robbers, looters, and lawyers." <laughs> I used to be a lawyer, so that's particularly.
0: Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, you
1: know, such a nerve. Um, yeah, he's he's hilarious, and his face. When I remember once opening a magazine. And there was an interview with him and there was a photograph of him, full page photograph of his face. Mm-hmm. And it was a photograph. I just started laughing. We <laughs> really laugh, you know. Blackadder, we can watch Blackadder over and over and over and over again at home. And it's always funny, always.
0: And I, I once, I stood next to Rowan Atkinson once and I didn't want to talk to him because I didn't, where I met him, he, it was when he was being knighted. And I stood right next to him Whilst he was hugging his family and his son looks exactly the same, really? <laughs> I was like, Oh my word, it's just, it's just a mini him. He's got the same face. Oh, you
1: know. Wow. What were you doing at Buckingham Palace then?
0: Uh, oh, well, I was there because my mum was getting an MBE. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, she got an MBE the same day that Rowan Atkinson got his, his knighthood. So. Oh. It was just really cool and I was stood next to him and his wife saw me and I was like pointing saying, oh, it's Rowan Atkinson. And she kind of <laughs> she, she smiled and laughed and I was like, I don't want to be the guy that goes and ruins their big special day. I'd be like, oh, hello, Rowan, I love you. So I left him to it, I wonder, but I still I feel... I wonder if his son... Oh, sorry, say again.
1: I wonder if his son, no, I if his son is, is, is similar to him in terms of humour and uh, a talent.
0: Uh, I'm not um, sure, quite possibly. Um, One of my favourite Rowan Atkinson scenes, it's from Not The Nine O'Clock News. mm -hmm. And it's really simple, but it's really effective. So there's a bit where he's walking along the street and he turns Mm -hmm. to wave to someone and he walks into a a lamppost. Mm -hmm. And then later on, it cuts back to him. He's walking down the street, turns to wave to someone and then he stops himself because he sees a lamppost and he looks to the camera and he's like, oh, yeah, I saw that one coming. So he steps side, looking all smug as he looks over to the camera, and then he falls down a cellar that's open. <laughs> <laughs> and it's really simple, but really effective.
1: Yeah. yeah, a lot of it's in the face, isn't it? Mr Bean doesn't appeal to me in the slightest.
0: Oh, really? That's interesting.
1: I don't like Mr Bean, apart from... What was that film he did where he goes on holiday to France?
0: Oh yeah, Mr Bean goes on holiday. (laughs) (laughs) Okay.
1: That that I've seen two or three times and I enjoyed, but Mr Bean itself, no.
0: That film I watched in school with children um, years ago um, and they all applauded at the end because children love Mr Bean and at the end of that film they all just applauded and I was like, well, it was kind of surreal just to be sat in a room of children that have just enjoyed something so much that they all just gave it a round of applause.
1: Um, how old were they? Uh,
0: they were a cross section of juniors, so they were sort of seven to eleven. Okay. And yeah. Yeah. They just they just enjoyed it, and it was just this lovely organic thing where they were just applauding a film. And I was like, wow, yeah, people are just applauding a film here. How <laughs> a film now, isn't it? Yeah, it is a good film. And they say Mr. Bean is the most watched TV show in the world. And this really? is- be- It's because there's no speech. So everything is visual. So it's really popular in Asia because it's just something yeah. you can watch and you don't need to understand.
1: No, cheap to send abroad as well you don't need translators. Yeah. You don't
0: need
1: subtitles, right really. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, and apparent, apparently in Asia, they have it on in like waiting rooms at doctors and things like that. Because it's just something right. simple that, yeah, that people could just watch and not need to focus too much and not need to understand the language.
1: <laughs> I remember the Italian side, like Mr Bean, because he's a bit daft, you know, and a lot of the humour is because of stupid things that he's doing. It seemed to appeal to them.
0: Yeah. Uh, so what other TV shows are you into? Do you like comedy or do you like other genres?
1: Um, what do I like on TV? It's a bit of an eclectic mix, really. Um, one of my favourite programmes is Saving Lives at Sea.
0: Okay. You
1: know, Saving Lives at Sea? Yeah,
0: I've seen it. My mum is a sailor and she loves that show.
1: Right. Okay, well, the RNLI is my... Favourite charity um, for reasons that go back to my childhood. And um, I love watching that programme. And I love the charity. And uh, they did, um, I digress slightly, but they did a, a, like a sort of um, a challenge, if you will, called the h 2 only, H2O okay. being. And H2O only meant that the only thing you could drink for 10 days was water, okay. tap water. No fizzy water, no flavoured water. So no alcohol, no coffee, tea. The only thing you could drink for 10 days was tap water and the money that you saved, you know, ideally went to... Um, yeah. Charlie. And I did it. I did oh, it. And, yeah, and uh And it was difficult at first, but... Um, yeah, I did it. Sometimes I'm more resilient than I think I am. I gave up chocolate for Lent and the amount of chocolate that I eat, you know, that was... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back to TV, Saving Lives at Sea. Um, there's another programme that fascinates me, and I don't know why, but it's called Yes to the Dress. Now, I very much doubt that you watch Yes to the Dress. Do you, Are you aware of this programme?
0: I'm aware of it. I don't think I've seen it, but I, I'm definitely aware of it.
1: It's, uh, it doesn't appeal to everybody. Um, I'm, I'm just fascinated they can make a whole programme out of somebody choosing admittedly an important piece of clothing but yeah. the story behind it and the dynamics of the you know people disagreeing and agreeing and all at the end of the day we've got this dress and yeah I love that um I'm a sucker for Big Bang the Big Bang Theory
0: oh I love that show yeah.
1: um Friends but the early series once once Monica and Chandler are married and ah, right. and and it's on sort of. I mean, I know I know that programs have to evolve and move with the times so and yeah. what have you. But it's the early, the early theories. In fact, I remember um, back in the early nineties, um, regularly watching on a Friday night Friends and Frasier, oh, and yeah. then I think Who's Who was on as well. And it was a feast of entertainment, yeah. literally.
0: Um, um
1: Frasier.
0: Have you heard the news that Frasier is coming back?
1: I have, and I'll be very interested to see what they do, because, again, Fraser is one where I prefer the early series. Daphne doesn't know that Niles (laughs) uh, likes her. Um, is one of my favourites. What else do I like watching on TV? Um, Oh, at the moment, The Doghouse.
0: Tell me about this one.
1: Doghouse is uh, sort of reality, but it's um fly on the wall really about a dog rescue centre in Wood Green. right I think it's Wood Green, so I seen it's in Wood Green. Don't it And anyway, they they follow the story of people who come to rescue a dog. So the strays, dogs that have been given up because their owners have moved away or can't look after them anymore. And it's all about yeah. matching the who arrives with the dog and whether they whether they get on and whether they actually end up adopting the dog and. There's always you know, happy stories at the end of it. Love watching that. Uh, what else do I like watching? Those are the ones that immediately come to mind. Um, sometimes I'll just watch a load of. I've started watching The Symptom, Simpsons. Oh, really? the Sim- People. <laughs> yeah, I've been watching it for years and years and years. I've only really just started getting into it in small doses. Um, yeah, I was watching that this morning.
0: And are you uh, watching. Like early episodes or later episodes of The
1: Simpsons? I have no idea. I have absolutely <laughs> no idea. I don't. She's still a baby, so what that tells us, I don't know. I think she stays a baby throughout. The country. I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah.
0: So, what made you start uh, watching The Simpsons?
1: I have no, I, again, I have no idea. It was. <laughs> I think eating my lunch when I because I I spend all day looking at fairly serious stuff in my job, so when I have lunch or a tea break or whatever, you know, I just I like yeah. to watch something that's a complete. At the top if you will and uh, The Simpsons was on and there wasn't really anything else that appealed um, so I watched it yeah
0: awesome and you mentioned the cinema earlier so how regularly would you yeah. go to the cinema before uh, the last year
1: Fits and starts really um, once every few months and then suddenly maybe twice in a fortnight no rhyme or reason to it at all
0: right. I asked because I'm. Well, I was just asking because I am a massive cinema fan and I have a Cineworld pass, so I would go at least once a week to the cinema, and like it was great value for money because if you were to buy two regular tickets, that would cost you more than a monthly pass would cost, and you can see unlimited. And when last summer, when we had a brief period where things could open for a bit, I went Mm -hmm. to the cinema and I saw Back to the Future which is a film I love, but I'd never seen it in the cinema. Um, so oh, the last thing I saw in the cinema was Back to the Future. Uh,
1: what was that then? The original, the first one?
0: Yeah, yeah, the original Back to the Future, because there were no new films coming out, so they were just showing old films. Oh,
1: uh, yeah, yeah, so There's nothing new, is there? So I've got to recycle I
0: suppose. yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I wanted to ask, what was the last film you saw in the cinema before um, they closed the cinemas?
1: The last film I saw in the cinema was when we had that break, like you just said. It was it July time? And it was, I can't remember the name, but it was with Rosalind Pike. No, Rosamund Pike? Rosamond yeah, Pike. Rosamond Pike. Uh, oh, God, who's she playing? Um, the scientist. The Discovers. Um, does she split the atom? Oh, help me out here. Rosamund uh, Pike. I, I, I don't
0: know. <laughs> I know she's a great actress, but that's all I can think about it.
1: <laughs> I haven't said kind of which one it is. Anyway, it was that one. Um, and well, that seems like an eternity ago now. Yeah. An ago. And
0: yeah. how would you feel about going back to the cinema when they open? Would you go straight back or would you hang back for a bit? I think I'll
1: probably hang back for a bit. Yeah. I went to the hairdressers on Thursday and I remember sitting there thinking this is the first time I've been in an indoor space with other people that I don't know right for a very very long time did I feel comfortable yes I was only there a few hours and it was very spaced out but I was still very aware of that's where I was you know enclosed yeah. with people um so I think it's probably be a bit of time before I go back
0: and yeah. w- what do you think your improv future will look like moving forwards
1: um I think it looks very rosy I want to carry on doing improv and I want to do it in person because I was really enjoying the improv that I'd done you know face to face zoom face-to-face we're face-to-face anyway physically yeah. face-to-face <laughs> uh, i remember thinking i would found i would found uh there was a course in liverpool on a friday night and i remember i'd sort of um discarded it because i needed an early night because i had parkrun the next day and then i found myself yeah. thinking oh you know what life's restored. just go and do it and you know right. it'll work out somehow um Because I think there's probably more of it going on that side than than there is in Chester. Um, So I will definitely be carrying on. And I've been bitten by the bug, really, now, having done so much of it during during lockdown. Um, I'm looking forward to doing some proper...
0: Awesome. (laughs) And do you see yourself doing shows with audiences?
1: Well, um, I'd give it a go. I'd certainly give it a go. If I was with people, you know that I that I knew and you yeah. know was that um, I I did do one session of extreme improv a few months back, which was um, like a it was an actual competition.
0: Yeah,
1: i was drafted in the last minute because somebody couldn't make it. Um, mm-hmm. And um, oh god, it was it was hard. I it's was dip- really.
0: <laughs> it's different, isn't I it? Was,
1: I think at a couple of points. I was actually, um, I was actually struggling, um, but I enjoyed it. I did my best. Um, yeah.
0: And do you have sort of a troop at all, or a regular group that you that you get together with away from LCI sessions?
1: Yes. There's, um, I don't know how many of us there are actually. There's a group of us that meet up on a Wednesday. Meet up on screen obviously on a Wednesday evening we do short form that's great fun um that's the only group I'm involved in and that will carry on because we are scattered all over the uh country and there's a couple in America as well so that will always be online
0: yeah um carry on and have you done many of the the courses available through LCI with anyone like Michelle Gilliam or Brian Palermo or you know people that live in different countries that we probably would never get to do classes with if it wasn't uh, for online.
1: Short answer is no, I haven't. No, um, no I've owned the only online courses I've done have been with um, with Emma, a Liverpool yeah, Little comedy club, But they're, they're UK as well. Yeah. I'd like to I'd like to give Italian improv a go because I speak Italian. I'd like to give it a go, but. Um, I have to find a group, and I'm slightly rusty with um, Bath speaking at the moment. But it'll come
0: back. <laughs> so, are you what are you what's considered a polyglot? It sounds like you speak quite a few languages.
1: <laughs> um, I love languages. Um, my my degree is in Italian with law. Oh, wow. The way we want to look at it, and my job is a translator, but. Um, I just have a fascination with languages. You know, yeah. I don't know why, because at school I wasn't good enough at French to do a, another language. Um, it's just something, it's a skill I've picked up late after school, really. Um, but all I have to do, there was, a, there was a, a thing on News the other night about Finland and the Finnish prime minister. So within 10 minutes, I've found an app that will help me learn Finnish. I mean, it's... Oh, wow. it's that's just it's silly because I haven't. It's silly. I don't know. I haven't carried on with it. You know, I'm not actually learning Finnish now, but it just yeah. I see something in a different language and I want to understand it. So I start. You know, looking at ways to. <laughs> I mean, I was on before we started this. I was on the field with the dog. I'm hitting a ball for him with my tennis racket, but yeah. I'm listening to a Russian conversation on my earphones because I'm trying to learn Russian. Oh, wow. And I'm not making as much progress as I want to, but. I don't know. <laughs> Some people are into, you know, deep sea diving. Some people are into wood turning. I'm into languages. Excellent. I, I like improv because it's communication, you know, communicating ideas and working yeah. out what people are saying and why they're saying it and where they're going and where they're not going. Yeah. Awesome.
0: Awesome. Now, if people want to find you, can they find you on social media if they want to interact with you in the improv world?
1: Again, short answer, no. <laughs> I'm very disappointing in that respect because I am really not into social media. Um, okay, I, I am on Facebook, but only because I, I have to be for one particular um, group that I'm in because that's our our messen- our messenger. Right, our, what do you call it, our messenger system. Um, but no, our social media, I'm not really. Um, Somebody who is present, I'm afraid. I'm a bit old.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I will tell people to keep uh, a lookout for your name anyway, in case they see your name on any future shows anywhere, because if you see uh, Joanna's name, then you're in for a treat of a show.
1: (laughs) Uh,
0: So thank you very much. That uh, brings us to the end of today's lovely chat. It's been great to speak to you.
1: Been great fun, it's been good to see you as well.
0: I've yeah, enjoyed I mean. it. Oh, great! Well, thank you Thanks. very much.
1: Thank
0: you, Ian. Well, there we go, another fantastic interview done. I hope you enjoyed listening to that as much as I enjoyed actually conducting that interview. And for me, that was great because during uh, the first lockdown and through most of last year, really, uh, Joanna was someone that I was seeing regularly. We were going to pretty much every LCI session that was available. This is way back in early lockdown, I remember. It was Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, and Joanna and I were going to most of those sessions regularly for months and months and months and then for whatever reason our paths haven't crossed for the last few months so it's been nice to reconnect and i hope you enjoyed uh, just listening in to our chat there Now if you're interested in getting into improv or are already involved in improv and want to try out a different improv scene then all the info you need can be found at www.liverpoolcomedyimprov.co.uk You can also check us out on Facebook by searching for Liverpool Comedy Improv and on Twitter and Instagram we are at Live Comedy Improv. We've also got the Facebook page the liverpool comedy improv cast facebook page so please check that out and if you are a member of the liverpool comedy improv community and you would like to be a guest on the show then please get in touch with me or with emma bird and we'll make the arrangements as soon as possible don't forget if you are listening on apple Podcasts, please leave us a review give us a five star rating it'll help boost the show and it'll help get our name out there if you want to find me on social media you can find me on instagram Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Just search for at Ian Luke Jones. And there's plenty of content for you to check out there. But before we go, here are some words that, as always, are wise, wise, wise. Always remember, whatever the situation, to treat life like improv. And yes, and.